Welcome to the Pillars of Change podcast presented by Middle States Commission on Higher Education. I'm Dr. Jim Sunser, the president of SUNY Genesee Community College and a member of the MSCHE Executive Committee. I'd like to thank you for joining me for the commission's continuing series of podcasts focusing on topics of diversity, equity, and inclusion. The Middle States Commission on Higher Education holds an important voice and space within the higher ed community. And this podcast series spotlights highly effective institutional practices that have made a difference in the lives of our students through diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Dr. Havadon Rodriguez, the president of the University at Albany and a fellow MSCHE executive committee member. Dr. Rodriguez has a long and distinguished career in higher education and has been guiding UAlbany since 2017. As a national leader in the area of diversity and inclusion in higher education, he's currently accelerating UAlbany's success towards reaching its vision to be the nation's leading diverse public research university. Dr. Rodriguez, impact extends beyond UAlbany. In addition to overseeing the implementation of UAlbany's institutional commitment to DEI, he also leads SUNY's Hispanic Leadership Institute, which was created to support, retain, and foster the success of emerging Hispanics and Latinx leaders across the SUNY system. For those who've had the opportunity to join MSCHE at our virtual 2021 conference, you heard Dr. Rodriguez and others in the SUNY system on the efforts to transform campus cultures through a range of initiatives aimed at faculty and staff, diversity and student success. Welcome, Dr. Rodriguez. Thank you very much, Jim. It's a, it's a pleasure to be with you today uh, to address this critical and important issue of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So thank you for the invitation. And thanks to the Middle States uh, Commission uh, for organizing these critically important events. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate having time with you. <clears throat> you know, before we talk about your efforts at UAlbany and SUNY, I wanted to ask you if you'd talk a little bit about your perspective on how our conversations about diversity, equity, and inclusion have shifted since the events of the summer of 2020, from the murder of George Floyd to the massive demonstrations that followed. Have those events changed how we're talking about addressing issues around DEI on our campuses? You know, there, there are many dimensions uh, to this question, right? But I would say that, that overall, uh, we're seeing an increased uh, engagement and participation in DEI conversations. And more importantly, uh, a call to action, to take action around issues of equity, inclusion, and social uh, and racial justice, if you will. You know, if we look at institutions of higher education across the country, I think that in most of the overwhelming majority uh, of institutions, you'll find that there is, a, at least in words, a strong commitment uh, to diversity, equity, and inclusion. But the question is, how do you take those words, how do you take that philosophy and convert them into action, right, into strategic initiatives with real and concrete outcomes and impacts. And I think that as a consequence 
of uh, since uh, 2020, we've seen an increase, a call for action to really transform the way we as institutions of higher education are addressing these critical issues and really trying to uh, better understand the importance of intersectionality, if you will, right? Uh, for example, uh, a few months ago, I was in a Hispanic Heritage Month uh, event focusing on the experiences of the Afro-Latinx uh, students and communities, right? Af uh, Latinos, Latinx uh, groups are very, very diverse as you know, but when you add the intersection of race, gender, sexual preference, then it becomes a much more engaging uh, and much more complex conversation. So these are the kinds of conversations we want to encourage. These are the types of conversations we're seeing more and more of and bring different perspectives and diverse perspectives. For example, here at um, UAlbany not too long ago, we brought uh, Anthony Ray Hinton uh, to campus. As you know, he's the subject of the film uh, Just Mercy, and he spent three decades on death row for crime he did not commit. So Mr. Hinton addressed the, the subject of criminal justice reform. And as we know, communities of color are also uh, disproportionately impacted uh, by our criminal justice system. So understanding those issues and having a better uh, perspective about how we work, deal, respond, and develop concrete initiatives uh, to really focus on these critical issues is is critically important. So what I've seen, what we've seen, I think not only at UAlbany, but across the state and across the country, are more student-led conversations uh, focused on actions, whether they would be student-led vigils this past spring in response to bias, discrimination, and violence perpetrated against the Asian American and Pacific Islander community, you know, the invasion of a crane. These are all calls to action, and and that is very very important. And of course, as you know, the uh, you know the uh, when we focus on the issues of uh, social and racial justice, this was also uh, complicated by the you know our focus on not only the reckoning on race, but that this uh, sort of uh, coincided with the global pandemic, and where we saw that uh, systemic racism played a major, major issue in how uh, COVID impacted uh, communities of color. Actually, the university uh, at Albany was asked by the New York State uh, to lead a study on the disproportionate impacts of COVID-19 on communities of color. And, and, and what we saw, right, as, as we were expecting is that communities of color not only had higher positivity rates, uh, they had higher uh, hospitalization rates, higher mortality rates, and the question is why? And so as an institution here, we focused on developing an institute for social and health equity, where we have interdisciplinary researchers focusing on these critical issues. So I think, yes, uh, we've seen some important change. Uh, COVID-19, uh, the reckoning on race has changed us quite dramatically. It's been very emotional, it has been very painful and very challenging, but we've also provided, it has also provided extraordinary opportunities uh, to look at what are the issues, what are the challenges. And the challenge before us is how do we seize the momentum to make sure that we make a difference? Thank you, very interesting. So we know higher education plays an important role in framing the conversation about DEI. Can you tell me what roles you think higher education plays in enhancing and altering 
the conversation around diversity, equity, and inclusion nationally, and also on our individual campuses. And what are we doing within SUNY systems that may be a model for others to emulate in that area? So when we look at the role of higher education in, in this regard, you know, institutions play a diversity of very, very important roles to help us think uh, about the implications of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and our roles uh, within that paradigm. But I think our greatest contributions stem from three main assets. Uh, so let me name the three for you. First, we are uh, continuously educating generations of students to become culturally competent, globally engaged students. So generation upon generation that graduate from institutions of higher education, you multiply you Albany by SUNY Genesee, by thousands of institutions of higher education across the country, we really can have transformative effects by uh, educating engaged global citizens. Second is the wealth uh, of expertise, research, scholarship, creative works, and innovation that are produced by our faculty, right, uh, in order to better understand the issues that impact uh, institutions of higher education, but our communities throughout the country in the space of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the third factor uh, are that colleges and universities are anchor institutions for our communities. And so we have the power to convene, to support and influence our communities uh, far beyond the walls of our campus. Actually, just this morning, I was at an event with the Capital District Latinos uh, here in the Capital Region. And the state of New York invested or provided a $1 million grant uh, for the renovation of the, uh, of the uh, uh, Cultural Empowerment and Community Engagement Center for Capital District Latinos. And as we were there, uh, folks from CDL, Capital District Latinos, were talking to me about the role that some of our faculty, staff, and students at the University at Albany have played uh, with CDL. So clearly, we have a great responsibility and an opportunity to work uh, with our community. So students, faculty, staff, and the work that they develop, as well uh, as our work with, with, the, with our communities, it turns out to be really a moral responsibility or moral imperative, if you will, to continue to engage in these types of, of conversations. And you know, you, you mentioned SUNY, uh, and as you know, for decades, uh, SUNY has been a great uh, uh, champion of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Let me just mention a, a few examples uh, for the audience. Uh, for example, our EOP program, Educational Opportunity Program, was founded more than 50 years ago uh, within the SUNY system. And this is for uh, first-generation students, many of them from underrepresented, low-income uh, communities. And this program has really had transformational power. Uh, EOP students have higher persistence and graduation rates, uh, at significantly higher rates than the general student uh, population. Another great example of system-wide programs is Prodigy, which started about three years ago. And Prodigy stands for Promoting Recruitment, Opportunity, Diversity, Inclusion, and Growth, a very long name. But at the end of the day, uh, the goal of Prodigy is to hire uh, faculty of color and women in STEM fields across uh, the entire uh, SUNY uh, system and the institutions that compose uh, SUNY. 
And also, uh, I, I believe about a couple of years ago, uh, SUNY set forth a robust DEI action plan that has 25 specific recommendations, right? And I think that many of the SUNY institutions, and certainly UAlbany, uh, is actively engaged in these uh, specific recommendations to enhance diversity, equity, and inclusion at the University at Albany. So we have made uh, DEI one of our core uh, priorities of our strategic plan. We are one of the most diverse research institutions uh, in the country. And so as we continue to work with uh, SUNY and the work that is putting forward, uh, we can have great accomplishments as an institution of uh, higher education. Just think about the power of a public system uh, such as SUNY with 64 ca uh, university campuses distributed throughout the state of New York we have great possibilities and opportunities to become a national leader and a model for uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion across the nation. Thank you. That's very, very exciting. You know, I also know that you're the executive director of the Hispanic Leadership Institute. <clears throat> and I'm curious, uh, how are you approaching DEI through the lens of fostering the success of Hispanic and Latinx leaders? Now, ultimately, your development of rising stars will have an impact on leadership at SUNY. Why is it that important that we look at the role of the college or university president playing in diversity and inclusion, both on the campus and the surrounding communities, including with employer partners? Yeah, and that's a critically uh, important question, and that's another element, right, of the, uh, in addition to uh, EOP, Prodigy, and others that I mentioned at the SUNY level, this is another system-wide uh, initiative with a great focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And uh, the Hispanic Leadership Institute, or HLI, uh, was brought forth, we're in our fifth year, we're going to be celebrating actually our fifth anniversary with a conference uh, in September, and this is a SUNY-wide initiative funded by the state legislature. Uh, with the support of New York State, right? So it's a strong commitment, not only of SUNY, but uh, of the state as well, to continue to foster diverse, diversity, equity, and inclusion in this uh, focus on Hispanic or Latinx leaders across uh, the SUNY system. For me, I've been leading the program for three years. It's been a great pleasure, a great honor uh, to do so. Jim, as you know, we as presidents of institutions of higher education have very little time to do anything but our work uh, as presidents and leading our institutions, but leading the Hispanic Leadership Institute, uh, Institute uh, has been important for me because it's a form of, first of all, giving back, of really making sure that we are providing the necessary professional development and mentoring uh, to emerging Hispanic leaders uh, within SUNY that hopefully, you know, they will become the next department chairs, deans, associate provosts, provosts, presidents uh, within SUNY uh, institutions. So it's key that we continue to develop these types of programs that allow us to develop the talent that we have across our campuses. But in order to do so, uh, intentionality must be a key fact, right? We must be intentional in terms of the work that we do. And as campus presidents, we have the ability and the opportunity uh, to set the tone at our institutions or across SUNY. We set the table, we direct or redirect uh, resources, operations, programmatic uh, priorities. We ensure that 
as presidents with the support of our faculty, our staff, and our leadership team, that diversity, equity, and inclusion really becomes a fabric of our institution, uh, of our institutions. And so I think we play a critical role in serving as the executive director of the Hispanic Leadership Institute uh, is also a way that I can give back and serve not only you all, but in my institution and the state as well. You know, we, we talked about, uh, or you asked about, you know, the, the role of a large number of regional and national organizations and how we engage with these organizations. Well, you know, one clear example is why you and I are here today, uh, Jim, uh, because of our involvement uh, and engagement with the Middle States uh, Commission. So this is a great example of how external organizations to our institutions uh, work together uh, to promote diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the role that college presidents have in ensuring that we are successful uh, in these, these endeavors, right? You know, we continue at UAlbany uh, to also work uh, with uh, employer partners. I'm constantly meeting with executives from regional uh, industry partners here in the capital region and beyond. They are keenly focused, as you know, on diversifying their workforce. And, you know, at UAlbany, as I said before, uh, 40% of our students are students of color. So we are a very diverse institution and we graduate students of color every single year upon the thousands. Uh, and that is of great interest uh, to uh, these industry partners because this allows us to contribute to the diversification of our uh, uh, industries, organizations, and community partners, which is greatly needed. Thank you. I have, I have such great respect for your expertise in this area. And, and based on that understanding of your expertise, I'm curious as to, through your own lens, what do you think are the greatest opportunities and challenges that are in front of us as far as advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts that are on our campuses? You know, in terms of opportunities and challenges, you know, when, when you, you, you have to think about, in, in my view, uh, in, in the context of diversity, equity, and inclusion, as this being, you know, the work of, of, if you will, a team sport, right? And that is the opportunity because it allows you to bring people uh, from different areas of the university, not only the president, not only the chief diversity officer, not only the provost, but the deans, department chairs and faculty and staff and students. And so if you approach it as a team sport, that's a great opportunity. It's also a great challenge because you got to bring all these people uh, together to think about the ways that we can work to enhance diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, in our campuses. So this has to be a collective effort. And so let me give you an example. Our alumni association here at UAlbany has established a diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging committee to make sure that the work of DEI is woven through uh, all, the, all, all the initiatives uh, and our work that the Alumni Association does, right? And so in order for this to happen at the institutional level, you need to continue to expand the discussions and you do this by creating spaces uh, for conversations and discourse that reflect uh, the goals and the mission and the vision of the institution focusing not only on race and ethnicity, but on gender identities, sexual orientation, first generation status, uh, and beyond. And so this goes into the broad issue of social and racial justice. And so bringing in the community uh, to talk about these issues is critically important. 
and going back to the first question that you asked, some of the things that have changed, you know, as a consequence of the social reckoning on race and in COVID as well. Here at UAlbany, over the past two years, over two years ago, I should say, we established, for example, a racial justice committee, and we also established a bias incidents uh, response uh, protocol. The racial justice committee allows us and the community to explore anti-racism that has targeted black and brown, Asian, uh, Asian American, Pacific Islander, uh, and the Latinx community, right? Focusing on the expertise that our faculty and our staff bring together. So that's one element. The other element, the bias incidents response team uh, allows uh, anybody on our campus community to bring issues of uh, allegations of bias or discrimination to this committee so that we can uh, review and determine what the issues were and try to determine what the, uh, what, what the intervention and the outcomes are going to be. And we also established, uh, we began about three years or, uh, ago or so to establish climate committees that are embedded in all the schools and colleges and the different divisions that allow the schools and colleges and divisions to look more in depth at the DEI issues that confront their particular units. So when you put all this together and you think about a team sport, this is about cultural change at the institutional level. Now we know cultural change is not easy to come by, but if you have a holistic approach and you come together with a diversity of people and diversity of perspectives, I think we can move the needle forward. Great. You know, beyond you, Albany, you know, how do you think SUNY's DEI initiatives are impacting the lives of current and future students? You know, we all want to hope and we all want to believe that what we do uh, is to the benefit of our students and our in our communities and that it is having a positive impact. And so that is critical, but we, we, we got to go, we have to go, I should say, beyond hope to really determine what are the actual, what are the actual impacts. So, you know, we believe through a number of mechanisms, and I'll talk about a few uh, that we've been developing that uh, through some of the initiatives that I've mentioned, both SUNY and UAlbany uh, specific, we are becoming an increasingly uh, more welcoming uh, community, right? So when I, as president, walk across the campus, or when I go to the campus center, or when I go to uh, any student initiatives and events, you can see the diversity of our students. You can feel the diversity. You could hear uh, the different languages. And so that certainly contributes to creating a much more welcoming com uh, community. Of course, we need to... Uh, the successes we've had in diversifying our students, we need to extend to diversifying our faculty and our staff as well. And we have much more work uh, to do that to do uh, in that regard. We have uh, continued to increase the level of student engagement, uh, attendance and participation in DEI uh, training and programs. We're doing assessments associated with DEI programs, and the training indicates that students feel better informed, more knowledgeable about what's transpiring at the institution and what we're doing uh, to support these uh, initiatives. Students who make referrals, as I mentioned, to our bias incidents response protocol uh, show overall satisfaction with how the incidents have been resolved uh, at the University at Albany. So that is uh, something uh, uh, very positive. Uh, so we need to continue to work in these endeavors because we still have 
a long road ahead of us. Despite all the work that we've done, I think there's so much more uh, to do. And we've also been trying to uh, increase the resources uh, in many of the areas that support uh, DEI. So over the past uh, two years, we created a, a new endowment uh, for the EOP uh, program. We created an endowment, a, 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 the first endowment for our Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, because we want to make sure that people understand that we're not only committed to this in words, but we're putting scarce resources in areas that really matter uh, to our institution. Uh, and again, uh, I think it was about a year ago, uh, we established the availability of a gender inclusive housing. So we established one of our residence halls is now called the Harvey House, which is named for uh, LGBTQ champion and university at alum uh, Harvey Milk. Uh, who graduated in 1951. So now we have a residence hall where people of LGBTQ plus backgrounds feel welcome and feels that the university uh, cares about this. Many institutions of higher education have developed living and learning uh, communities. Uh, we've done the same. We just established a social justice living and learning community where our first year students are uh, exposed to robust introductions in the way social justice uh, and racial justice impacts us, impacts them, and impacts our community. So at the end of the day, we, we do all this because I'll end where I started because our goal is to educate and to develop engage global citizens. So by putting these issues, these challenges, and these opportunities at the forefront, we can make this a community effort. We can make this a team sport. And I think we will continue to be successful in that regard as an institution, as a system, and as a community. That's really wonderful to hear. I want to thank you for your honesty and your openness in tackling these important issues and for adding your voice to our perspectives on diversity, equity, and inclusion in today's college and university campuses. Thank you again, Dr. Rodriguez. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. And again, thank you to the commission as well. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. If you want the commission to highlight the efforts of your institution in a future podcast, then please visit msche.org slash pillars of change to submit your suggestion. On behalf of the Middle States Commission on Higher Education and our guest, Dr. Havadan Rodriguez, I'm Dr. Jim Sunser saying thank you. <laughs>